week of 4th of July, Independence Week. We're very thankful for the independence and the liberty and the freedom we have. Can someone shout yes and amen to that? Um, you know, I was looking as I was preparing the message and uh, not sure how, how, how long it'll take me to finish this message, but I'm, I'm, uh, today I'm starting with giving you four keys. This isn't a series, it's just four keys. Everybody say key. What does a key do? Unlocks and opens the door to something else, right? So today we're going to talk about four keys, and I'll tell you what the rest of the title is in a minute. But it's a four-key day. And it, but as I was preparing for this message and thinking about this week, um, I was looking at um, different quotes by different presidents through the years. And... I had this great quote. It's attempted to leave me. It was just a simple little quote. <laughs> and I should have just, you know, I've read it many times. Ah, here it is. Got it. <clears throat> but this is by... One of my favorite presidents, Ronald Reagan. And um, he said this, If we ever forget that we are one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. And uh, I mean, I've, I've heard that for years. I've heard that quoted. I've probably heard him say it, you know, from some pulpit somewhere. I've read four different books on his life and... and uh, all through those books, that quote is mentioned. And um, there's, been, there's been much adversity that has come against this nation because of freedom. Any time that there is freedom, people want to find it out and take it from different ones. Paul told the church at Galatia, he said, beware of certain types and groups of people because what they'll do is they'll come to spy out your liberty and try to rob you of it. Go read Galatians chapter 1, 2, and 3. You'll, you'll see in there where Paul warned them several times not to allow outsiders to come in and rob them of their liberty. And uh, the thing about a free nation, as we have been, is that people of bondage sought freedom. And so they came to this country in this land to, to find liberty and freedom. And so really 
there's no such thing as an outsider. Paul was warning the church at Galatia about outsiders, but where this nation is concerned, there's really no outsiders because we all came from somewhere, right? We've all come from somewhere. You say, yeah, but I was born here. Yeah, but you're, you're, some of your descendants weren't. Every one of our descendants, we've got descendants somewhere down the line that weren't born on this, on this piece of land, on this, on this continent. And because everybody came from somewhere. And everybody originates from Adam and Eve. All of humanity that we know originates from Adam and Eve. But freedom, freedom is a strange thing because all through Scripture and all through the history of the world, it's never been bought. It's had to be fought for. Always. Always. There's no such thing as freedom that you can buy with dollars and cents. And so, with warfare and with fighting and battling for liberty and freedom, there are many, many obstacles in life. And so, this week as we meditate and thank God for the liberty and the freedom, we can't forget those who have fought for us and those who overcame insurmountable odds at times, so many times through the years in this nation, but even in other nations. But we'll just talk about this nation. Times when this, this country should have been annihilated. This country should have been taken over time and time and time and time again. But for the grace of God, we're, li- we're, we're free here. And there's a lot in this nation today that looks like that the future is not freedom. A lot of signs and a lot of stuff that appears that, that you know, that our freedom could be taken over in, in this country and in this land. But what people always underestimated through the years, they underestimated the anointing of God. <laughs> but for the grace of God. Hmm? You know what excites me about that? Is that the grace of God won't work on behalf of this nation without me. Without you. It won't just work. It's already worked. It's already done everything it's going to ever do. And the grace of God will just sit there if men do nothing. Women do nothing. So I say, nah, we're going to do something. Hmm? We're going to continue to stand. But, But a lot of times... The deal is, some people don't know what to do. Yeah, but, but, but what do we do? How do we save the nation? How do we overcome? How do we deal with this? How do we whatever? We're not here to save a nation. You understand? We're not here to save people. We're here to hear God 
and obey God and worry about nothing. That's what we're here to do. We're here to hear God and obey God and then worry about nothing. Remove all the pressure and all the stuff off of you because it ain't about you. We're not here to save the United States of America. We're not here to save people. You know, Jesus saved people, right? But people get saved because righteous people who know they're righteous take the commission of reconciliation and go reconcile people to God. It's our job. It's what we're here for. So that's our number one responsibility on planet Earth past our obedience to to a personal relationship with God is to see people reconciled to God. But man, there's a lot of obstacles. There's a lot of stuff. Anybody ever tried to not worry? My gosh. You got 150 opportunities a day. That's a full-time job to not worry when you got 150 opportunities minimum a day to worry. And he said, be anxious for nothing. Right? So, what... So, I... So... <laughs> so... <laughs> so, I put together some stuff that I'm laughing at myself. <laughs> Just, you know, we, we have so much available to us, so much to study and research and, and, and pull from today. And, and, and just as, as, I'm, as I'm studying, the Bible says, study to show yourself approved, a workman to God that will not be put to shame, in other words. So, as, as I've been studying, how many know what... The initials IQ stand for. Don't raise your hand. We don't want to see what your intelligence is. <laughs> um, so, IQ stands for intelligence quotient. Quotient. One translation says quotient. So, so, the measuring of your intelligence is your IQ. But how many know that there's an RQ? I mean, I mean if, you, if you go type it, if you Google it, RQ, it means something. Anybody know what RQ stands for? Yes. No. It's a good one, though. Said, she said relationship. I mean, it probably is. Maybe it is one, but wasn't the one I saw. <laughs> Anybody else want to take a shot at it? Rational. Somebody else? What? Religiosity. Quotient. Religiosity. And, and the interesting thing about that, as, as they define it, um, it's, you know, 
as the Webster's defines this and gives several illustrations of what they believe religiosity versus intelligence stands for. Okay, the two of them, as you as you as you compare the two of them, intelligence has to do with reality. Religiosity has to do with intuition. And they've come to the realization that that people of high IQs are smarter than people with high RQs. Intuition versus just what is reality out here. In other words, I'll define it for you, or at least what I think it is. People that are moved by what they see and judge everything by what they see, what they hear, and what seems to be right, versus people that believe what they know inside. But people of higher IQ are more successful, they say, and have more ability to succeed than people that have high RQ. So, I don't like religiosity anyway, or what it actually stands for. So, I looked at a couple other things, and then I made one up. (laughs) But there is an AQ, and and actually a guy's written a book by this actual name. And, And the A stands for adversity. Adversity quotient. Adversity. And so, many things that come against our lives, and there's much adversity, and with adversity there's obstacles. And what I see that we have been created to do, and what has happened in this nation is that people have looked and taken obstacles and adversity and overcome those with opportunities. So overcoming obstacles with opportunities, I believe, opens the door to a higher OQ. And the O stands for overcoming. So, I'm giving you four keys to overcoming obstacles, is the title of my message today. You got it up there? Four keys to overcoming obstacles.
So the overcoming quotient, I believe, is more important than the intelligence quotient. In other words, it's more important for your OQ to be higher than your IQ. And that doesn't mean that you don't need a high IQ. But you can have a high IQ and be overrun by everything that comes your way. And live defeated up here and actually look like you're successful out there. And what I've found when I've studied the history of this nation, all of the great people had a higher OQ than they did IQ. Dating back to our first president. He was a smart man. He was a successful man. But he had an overcoming quotient level (laughs) that you couldn't beat the guy. And when it looked like he was down, the grace of God overtook it and overcame what he had set his hand to. We're going to win. It doesn't matter what. And when it looked like there was no way and they were going to take him out, fog came in. And so covered up the, the enemy, or so covered the American troops up that the enemy couldn't even see him. Did everything that they knew to do, and it looked like they were going to be overtaken, and then the grace of God came on what they were doing and overtook them. Because he had such a high OQ that nothing could stop him. What I'm telling you today is what we're faced with in this nation, and we're faced with some stuff. But your responsibility is to hear God, do what God says, and worry about nothing. And I'll just tell you this right now. I don't, I don't, I'm not in your home. I'm not around you, you know, other than the times that we're around, which is nowhere, the time that I spend with any of you is nowhere compared to the rest of the time that you spend. And I'm telling you right now, you worry more than you think you do. And it shuts down the ability of God. Every time you worry and take the care of something, it shuts down the ability of the grace of God. Scripture says, but for the grace of God, we're nothing. But with Him, we can do all things. Amen? And we can overcome every situation and every obstacle. First key, the first key I have to give you today is identity. You will never overcome if your identity is not in Christ. Now, I want to read a couple of verses of Scripture to you to confirm my title. 1 John 5 and verse 4. 1 John 5 and 4. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. That's me. Say that. Say it for yourself. Say, that's me. That's mm-hmm. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. I'll just read it like this. Bert Wimberly is born of God and he overcomes the world. And the victory that overcomes the world 
is in my faith that he overcame. And notice what he said in John 16 and 33. John 16 and 33, Jesus said this, These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In me. When you're identified with me, you have peace. Watch. In the world, you will have tribulation. Listen to this in, in the Amplified. In the world, you will have tribulation, trials, distress, and frustration. Right? But what does he say? Be of good cheer because what? I've overcome the world. Our overcoming quotient, the overcoming quotient in me has got to be higher than my IQ. No matter how intelligent that you think you are, only identified with Christ will cause you to overcome. Because if you're in me, then, you're, then you can be of good cheer and you can overcome and worry about nothing. Again, I'm telling you, you don't know how much you worry. You leave here today and you do something with what I'm telling you, you're going to worry less. But I'm telling you today, you take the care of things too much. And I'd say this to any group of people that I'm talking to. I'm looking back at myself when I say it. We need to be challenged all the time to cast the care, worry about nothing, spend more time learning to hear His voice, and spend more time learning to walk out and do what He tells you instead of worry about what's not happening. OQ. Second Corinthians five Where am I going? Second Corinthians five and verse sixteen. Therefore, from now on we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Watch this. Yet now we know Him, thus no longer. Not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Not after what we see with our eyes. Not after our intelligence, but after the Spirit. Right? So if we don't know Christ after the flesh anymore, then we have to know Him by something else, and it's after the Spirit that we know Him. So our identity has got to be in Christ spiritually. What caused many of our founding fathers to overcome great obstacles that they faced in this nation was their connection to God from within. No matter what you hear other people, there's so many stories and truths about, not, not all of the founding fathers, but a number of them who really truly believed God And it was because of their connection spiritually with God that caused them to overcome, that caused our nation to overcome. See, our nation will overcome as you overcome. Yeah, but I can't. I'm just one guy. I'm just one gal. I'm just one person. What can I do? (laughs) There's no end to what you can do. 
There's no limitations in your life if you believe that. None. And the grace of God and the power of God and the dominion and the authority and the overcoming nature that Jesus acquired for mankind will not just overcome without you and I. It's how much He believes in us. So to, so to define identity... It's a sense of self, it's a sense of who you are, uh, a sense of how you see yourself, your self-image, your self-worth. Identity is all wrapped up in those things. And I'm, I'm just going to talk for a minute because some things that I wrote down here that, that I think are important for us to see about why we're identified with what we're identified today many times that rob us from our true identity with Christ. You know, from our, from our childhood, we form Im- images of ourself. And it has nothing to do with truth or reality. It has to do with what we see and what we feel and what we think and what we were told. Our identity, identity, each and every one of us, is connected to what people told, what we saw, what we felt, our feelings. You you know, you might say something at at a certain time, you know, well, I feel this way. Well, why do you feel this way? Well, there's a lot of reasons why we feel the way we do, and I'm not going to get into all of that specifically today. I just want to give you some thoughts about this. These things come from parents or family or, you know, religious connection, Christian connection, whatever type of connection, school, media, environment. All of it teaches us how to think about ourselves. So, you're a product of where you've come from and the people that have been involved in your lives. Everyone sitting here today is a product. Some people view themselves through race, through family, through nationality, other people through money, how much you have or you don't have, people identify themselves that way. Um, People identify themselves through education and career, what you've accomplished today within yourself, people identify themselves with those things. Some see themselves based based on past experiences, either successes or failures, either one, you can, you know... You, you may have played on a sports team, maybe, you know, as a, as a child or in high school or college or even professionally, sports teams. Um, there's an identity there. Uh, you, you may have come from a divorced family where you're identified with what divorce means, you know. People say that divorce is hard on the couples, but I think it's sometimes even harder on the children because they don't know what's happened. Because when, when two people that are actually like God to small children and they divorce, okay, and if you've been divorced, I'm not, this isn't he- heaping some heavy load on you, I'm just telling you the truth. Two people divorce and the children thought that the parents were like God until they come to a place of accountability and those two people separate, then... How can you trust God? 
So all these trust factors, but, but many people are identified to that. They're identified with that. Um, you know, there's identity with clubs or groups. Um, there's all different kinds of clubs. I mean, I mean from, from when you're a little guy to a, you grow older and high school is all kinds of clubs and organizations, you know. Um, I, I've watched through the years, you know, I, I was, my dad was a golf pro, and so I, I consumed myself in golf. And so I was part of the golf club group. And, and so I could talk golf and play golf and connect with other people where golf was concerned. But if you did something different, well, there was, you know, I'm identified there and I don't want that. And I've watched people through the years identify with certain things that they have become good at. And so their identification is that they pour their whole life into that thing. And outside of that, they can't even function because that's where their identity is. The truth of the matter, and I'll define it here in a moment, truth of the matter is this. When you're identified with Christ, you can function in every aspect of life. And you can connect with every type of person and not be intimidated because you're identified with Him and you know who you are in Him. So there's no reason or purpose for intimidation because someone else is successful in a different field or in a different group or a different, you know, connection with with something else, you don't have to be intimidated by how successful they are because you're a success in God, in Christ, when you're connected with Him. That's what we become and that's what we find out, is how successful that we truly are. Um, I mean, I mean, I kind of almost hesitate saying this. But, you know, the church is a group, but the church is what God is building. But what happens in our society today is that every other kind of group that is out there that we find ourselves connected with, that tries to become a surrogate church. All of my family from when I can, way back when I can remember, most of my siblings and, you know, a lot of different family members, we all came through Alcoholics Anonymous. We should have bought stock with them or something, you know. But we came through AA. Everybody say AA is a good organization. Okay, good organization. Founded really, the founder was awesome Christian guy. I mean, that founded AA of awesome organization. What can happen is that AA, I'm just using AA. Everybody say, AA is a great organization. Okay. Now say this, pastor thinks that AA is a great organization. Okay. I'm not against AA. Don't, don't walk out of here and think anything different. Okay. I'm just saying, when you're identified with AA and all of your stock is in that, that's not what God is building. God's building the church. But see, when God's building the church, and let's say he's building Dale, and Dale hears the voice of God 
to go start an AA, and he starts an AA, and he's doing that, but he's connected to what God is building, then that's doing its job, but that's not where his identity is. Got the point? And I'm just telling you, if we're going to have high OQs, and we're going to be overcomers that are overcoming, our identity has got to be correct. And we've got to know who we are, and we've got to be able to know how to see ourselves liberated from connections of the past. Paul said, one thing I do is forgetting what's behind, I'm pressing forward and toward the mark of what? My identity in Christ. Jesus wants us so identified with Him that we get, to, we get to the place in walking in the earth. I'm not talking about the deity of God, but walking in the earth that we think we are Him. Well, that's blasphemy. No. Only if you don't identify it. If you think you're going to be equal with the deity of God, you're a fool. Because you're not correct in your identity. He said the works that he did, he wanted us doing in even greater works than he did because he's gone to the Father. But we got to realize that our identity is at the right hand of the Father. The Scripture clearly reveals that to us. That's where our identity is. Amen? Now, and, and, and I, want you to, I want you to see this. I want you to hear what I'm saying with this, because many times, and, I, and, and this, this happened to me, because I got born again when I was about 18 years old, and as I grew up, I'm, I'm just letting you know, this isn't, this isn't just, you know, been separated and, and identified for you. But many people, many people identify with their problems, Okay? And the problem becomes yours. Okay? And I just wrote down several things like my temper. Yeah, I know, Pastor, I did that, but you know, it's it's that temper of mine. Well, in my identification with God, there is a power to deal with the temper. And not just, not just coexist with the temper and try to do as good as I can, but to be totally delivered from temper. So, where that starts is beginning to identify with God spiritually and realize that that temper is not mine. I'm not denying the fact that I just blew up and I did what I did, but I'm declaring that temper is not mine. Amen? People identify with sicknesses. Well, you know, my mom had that, my dad had that, this person had that, you know, all of our families had that, we've all died of that, I'm going to die with it. Why? Because it's yours. Because you've taken it. And the only reason you take it is because that's what you were taught. Remember, we were just talking about all the authorities, you know, our whole society feeds our system with what they say we are. And so we're identified with those things. So we're identified with generational curses of sickness and if that happened to them, then it's going to happen to me. You know, I've got that thread flowing through my family and different family members that have claimed things that, that you know, grandma and, 
grandpa and aunt and this one and that one, and they're all claiming these things as being so, and it's there. So, so that sickness identifies me. When my identification with Christ Jesus is this, by His stripes, I'm healed, right? But that's got to become a part of me. I've got to be identified with that. Not just some thing that you heard me say or you read in a book once. It's got to be something that you become identified, that your mind begins to be washed and cleaned with. Some people, as I talked about earlier, they live in, they, they live in under the, the domain of, you know, debt or of divor- a divorce. It was my divorce, so I'm, I'm divorced, and so I live with that divorce, but it's not something... Whatever it is, if it's a marriage divorce or a job or a family member or whatever, when you've been separated from somebody, you can't live identified with that because it affects the way you think. You know, people that are identified with sickness, they think sick. They expect to be sick. And they expect to be sick to to the point that they go ahead and take care of things even before they get sick. And there's a real identification there. I'm just telling you that people that overcame the obstacles in this nation did not overcome by just the status quo. Just kind of going along with what everybody else thinks. Yeah, Pastor, but you know, that's, that's a little extreme or whatever. Okay, so then be overcome. Because the truth is, The truth is, and the reality is, we live in a nation that wasn't overcome because of extreme measures. And there are things in your life, there's things that are going on around you and where your life is concerned, that the only way to not be overtaken by obstacles and things in the world is through extreme measures. And I'll just tell you this, the Word of God is extreme. I mean, it is extremely everything. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's extremely bold. Huh? It's extremely to the point. It has extreme absolutes all through it. The Word of God does. So we have to begin to be extreme in our identification and who we are. Look at Numbers 13. I'm not going to even get past number one. So you have to keep coming back to get two, three, and four. Four keys to a high OQ. Numbers 13 and verse 33. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so were we in their sight. Israel could not enter the promised land on the identity that they received from Egypt. The identity that they had from 400 plus years in bondage in Egypt would not take them into the promised land. Because they sent, God sent the spies out to go check out the promised land. Twelve spies. 
They came back. Two of them were ready to take the land and the other ten were not. And not only did the other ten, not only did they not, as the scripture here says, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight to these giants, like a giant versus a grasshopper. And so were we in their sight. Well, how do you know what someone else thinks? You don't, you just suppose. Hmm? You just suppose that's what people think. We can't suppose. And you know what? I'll just tell you this. It really doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It doesn't matter what the devil thinks or anything else. I've got to know who I am, and I can't let the government of the United States or the government of other countries or CNN or Fox News or anybody else connect me if I want to go into a higher OQ and I want, I want to live with a higher OQ and I want to go into the promised land of what I've been promised through God's Word. Can't allow it to happen. Same way that in this nation they didn't allow things to overcome. And so today you and I, you and I have, are experiencing liberty and freedom in this great nation because of other people's sacrifice and other people's extreme measure of allowing their overcoming quotient to be so a part of them that they didn't let anything in the natural affect what God said was so. They came here for freedom, and they fought for freedom. And you and I are fighting for freedom today. We're not here to win. We're not here to win the liberty of the United States of America. We're here to win and exercise the liberty of Jesus Christ, and that is to help liberate the United States of America but through my liberation. There's a huge difference when I'm liberated or I'm just picking up the cause of some other so-called liberated person. There's a huge difference. I'm telling you, there is no success in trying to just operate on the coattails of someone else and you personally haven't heard from God. There's no success. All it becomes is another club with another set of ideas. And it doesn't matter whether you're right or left politically. You become another club with another set of ideas. And now your identity is with that club. Well, I'm a Republican. I went, I went to a state convention, a Republican state convention one time. I've said this before. And I, I just tell you, I was shocked. I was shocked at the gruesomeness in that convention. The attitude that people had toward other people created in the image of God. I know that there's a lot of people that would you know, blast me for saying something like that. But I'm, I'm talking about, I'm in this convention, my identity is in Christ, and I'm judging what these people are saying with their own mouths about other people created in the image of God. It's wrong. I don't care who you are. I don't care what group or club or whatever that you're associated with. What does God say? 
Go read the Beatitudes and deal with some attitude. Because <laughs> the Beatitudes, I used to skip over them all the time. <laughs> I don't know, what, what does all that mean, you know? Love your enemies and do good to those that despitefully use you? Come on, Jesus, wake up. We can fix this thing. Hmm? Give me whatever weapon I need. We can take care of this now. That's the easy way. You've got to be identified with Christ and know how to judge how things are. Paul said, don't let those groups' ideas affect your liberty and freedom in me. Because they will. It'll destroy. I'm not here saying anything is necessarily wrong or anything is necessarily right. Okay? I'm saying this is right and everything else is take second fiddle. And if I'm spending my time knowing how to hear his voice, everything that entails, and then everything that it entails to walk out what I hear from him, and then everything that it entails on a day-to-day basis to worry about nothing, I'm talking, that is the recipe for success. That's what I'm talking about. That is the recipe for success. It will show you what's right. And you know what? You getting behind something may be right for you, but it may not be right for someone else. You standing up for something and being a voice for something because God led you to do that, that may be right for you, but not for someone else. Don't worry about what other people do. The Scripture clearly reveals to us when God found two righteous people in a place, He did more with two righteous than He did with the whole nation in in, in different instances. Yeah, but... Well, that can't happen today. It depends on who you're identified with, whether you believe it can happen today or not. Amen? So, as I tie this together, just a couple things I want to say. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say this. Look at Galatians 2 and 20. Galatians 2 and 20. Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer... I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God, in other words, what He accomplished, who loved me and He gave Himself for me. Just don't forget that verse. The verse is key to your success today, tomorrow, and in the days ahead. And the other verse that I have is, is 2 Corinthians five seventeen. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, everything is brand new right now. God has intended for you and I to live there so we can be identified with Him in that. Amen? Um, I 
So, Ephesians 5, and I'm, and I'm, I'm going to end with this. I'm going to give you just five little things to write down if you want to. Being in Christ, you are, number one, you've been dead and buried. Number two, you've been resurrected when you're in Christ. Number three, as we just quoted, you're a new creation. As a result of that new creation, you're the righteousness of God. You've been redeemed from every curse. And now today, you're complete in Him. And you're seated with Him in heavenly places. You're seated with Him in heavenly places. You're dead and buried. You've been resurrected. You're a new creation. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. You've been redeemed from every curse. You're complete in Him, and you've been seated in heavenly places. When you're in Christ, and that's your identity, then that is who we are that's, what's, that's, that's the path that we have taken because that's the path that He's taken and that's where I am today. I'm seated with Him. I'm on top and I'm not underneath. I'm seated with Him in heavenly places. That's where we belong. In Ephesians 5 and verse 14, let's read this. And actually, I, I want to read, uh, read this in the Amplified. <clears throat> Therefore, He says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall shine and make day dawn upon you and give you light. Look carefully, then, how you walk. Live purposely and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and and witless, but as wise, sensible, and intelligent people. Verse 16, making the very most of the time Buying up each and every opportunity because the days are what? They're evil. Well, the Bible says they are. The days are evil. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. That's our purpose. What happens is we connect ourselves to this identity So, I'm telling you, what arises on the inside of you is not just necessarily your IQ as much as it is your OQ. Be of good cheer, he said, for I have overcome the world and live in the peace that I created you to live in. Don't be disrupted. The days are evil, the stuff is there, but walk circumspectly, walk aware Allow Him to reveal to you day to day what you're up against. And I'm telling you, you and I can overcome every obstacle and every situation just like our forefathers did. 
just like they did to establish greatness in this nation. And we can keep this nation great because of our identity in Christ. Amen? Because the verse we read in Numbers 13.33, that verse was their identity from Egypt. 400 years of bondage caused them to stand in the presence of these people that God had already told them that He had given them their land. He had given them that land. And they went to spy it out and they saw themselves as grasshoppers. I mean, you know, not like they didn't see themselves as like a horse. You know, it's just a little bit smaller than the giant. Giant maybe was seven or eight or ten feet tall. No, they saw themselves as grasshoppers, and the giants saw them the same way. That was their image. That was their identity. That identity will get you nothing. No matter how smart you are, no matter how intelligent you are, no matter how many college degrees that you have, nothing wrong with college degrees, nothing wrong with with education, nothing wrong with a strong IQ. But if your OQ is down here, then you live defeated and everything else on the planet overcoming you instead of you overcoming every obstacle in every situation. We hear God, we obey God, and we worry about nothing. Someone shout amen. amen. Glory to God. Father, I thank you today. You can, you can come and, and bring those elements. And I just, I want to actually, I didn't finish. Go ahead and pass those out. And everybody just concentrate on this. I want you to confess this with me today instead of me praying. Say this after me. I am a new person, a new person. In, Christ. in Christ. My old life, My old life is, dead is dead and gone. I am raised up, I am raised up with, Christ with Christ to live a new life. I have what God says. I can do what God says I can do. I am blessed in my spirit my soul, and my body, in my finances, and I'm blessed in my family. I overcome every problem, and I win in every circumstance. I'm living my dream, and I'm fulfilling my destiny. My life is a success. And I will, I will, say it again, I will fulfill God's will on this earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name.